0: Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.
2: This is Pat Prescott with This Lady Loves Sports. Today's guest is brand new Hall of Fame boxer, Sugar Shane Mosley. <laughs> Let's go!
0: Welcome to This Lady Loves Sports Podcast with Pat Prescott. Sports, she knows it all and is here to talk about it. So get ready to hear sports talk in a way that you've never heard before. It's This Lady Loves Sports Podcast and here's your host, Pat Prescott.
2: This is Pat Prescott and I am here in our studios with four-time world champion Sugar Shay Mosley, who has just been inducted into the Boxing Hall of Fame. The big, that's the biggest honor you can have in a career. It is. That's pretty amazing. Welcome, Sugar. It's good to see you. Thank you for having me. You Thank must you. be pretty excited. I know the ceremony just happened. You know, now your name is up there in the pantheon of some of the greats. Yeah. What yeah. does it mean to you to be uh, in the Hall it, of Fame?
1: It's it's a great feeling to be you know, into the, whole, the Nevada Hall of Fame and also be a li- a living legend cuz a lot of people you know know me as a as a legend already and um you know, I was inducted just a year after I retired, so uh, I guess I'm in the class of 2018. Now. Yeah.
2: Well, yeah. you tried to retire a few times, but a yeah, couple I times I
1: didn't, <laughs> did. I mean, there didn't they, take. I mean, huh? Yeah, I mean, there were there were this time. You know, I I the uh, I I suffered a a a bad uh, injury, um, actually a, a malpractice, and, and uh, this this doctor Gary Basina burnt me, burnt my arm, and I got a little nerve damage, so I was kind of forced to retire uh, this time, but um, but yeah, I mean, I think I could have uh, went a couple more years, but, you know, things happened, so maybe it was for the better.
2: Well, let's talk a little bit about the career that led you to this incredible honor, and I would say a lot of it really started with your dad, didn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah, my father, you know, I went to the gym with my, my mother, actually, uh, told my father, take your son to the gym with him, with you, because he's burning up too much energy. He needs to burn energy up. He has too much energy, and uh, so my father took me to the gym. I, was, I think I was eight years old, and and uh, it was the rest is history, you know.
2: <laughs> and he's been with you for the the whole ride, for, has for
1: he? For the whole ride. My father is a great, great man, great person, and he's been training me ever since I was uh, a young boy. And now you get a chance to turn around and do the same thing with Junior, right? Yeah, yeah, I've been, <laughs> yeah. I've been training him uh, as well. I teach him and show him different things, and uh, and he's doing a great job. How's,
2: how's he been making out? What's, what's what's going on with his career now?
1: Uh, he's going to be fighting on the contender. Uh, Oh, that's upset. great. And there's not too much I can say about that, but that he's on The Contender and, and watches on Epic. So, you know, it should be a a pretty good uh, season of The Contender. Yeah.
2: Well, on this podcast, we like to kind of explore people's sports love stories. That so you're someone who has a sports career, but I'm sure <laughs> before you did, you were a sports fan. Tell me a little bit about your earliest experiences with sports and what made you fall in love with it.
1: Well, I was always a sports uh, type of kid anyway and it didn't matter what sport it was whether it was uh, basketball football baseball tetherball uh, you know volleyball whatever it was I was the type of kid that wanted to win uh, but boxing when I when I went to boxing I fell in love with it because it was a one-on-one type of sport and I believed as a, as a young kid that nobody can beat me especially my size. One on one, so boxing is the sport for me, and uh, I chose it. Then I think when I was ten years old, to my my parents, I said, "You know what? I'm going to be the world champion. I'm going to be great." And uh, I stuck with it, and, and here I am.
2: And and you know what? Saying that out loud, speaking that, that has a lot to do with it, doesn't it? With actually oh, yeah. making those
1: things happen. Definitely, yeah. Speak out loud, and you know, you put the energy in the air, and it happens. And you have to really believe it too. Yeah, and you have to do the work to make it happen so i i did all the work uh i knew what to do how to work hard to make it happen and, and it happened
2: and, and as a young kid who was it that you admired the most and what did you like about them
1: well as a as a uh, as a boxer as a young kid when i was 10 years old i admired sugar Ray leonard he was one of my um uh, the fighters that i that i admired and i watched at the time he was uh World champions fighting uh, Roberto Duran and Tommy Hearns and and these type of guys uh, at that time. And I was like, wow, you know, I'm going to be a world champion like him. And, you know, a lot of the people in the gym uh, recognized me as being a a great boxer. And they said, I look like Sugar Ray Leonard. And um, they used to call me, they started calling me Sugar Shane when I was like 10 years old. Sugar Shane Mosley. And that's how the name came about Mm -hmm. uh, when I was like 10 years old. And that's when I knew that yeah I'm a world champion. And you know, ironically, I met I met uh, well I know Sugar Ray Leonard very well, his son, and I met Sugar Ray Robinson as well before he passed away and his wife. So you know, I'm I'm in the Sugar family. <laughs> <laughs> now,
2: take us back. Do you remember your very first fight? Take us back to what that was like. You know how you felt that day, and and the uh, uh, the results were good, but
1: <laughs> yeah. In my very first fight, amateur fight, I mean, I was so nervous. My stomach was just going crazy. And I remember is uh, it was in Pomona at the boxing gym where I where I trained at. And there was a lot of world uh, champions that actually boxed there. You know, it was Richie Sandoval, uh, Mike Weaver was one of the boxers there, and uh, Albert Davila, you know. So I, there was a lot of fighters there and i remember going up and back then you could smoke inside the the boxing i guess it was like a arena or whatever but it wasn't really the arena it was uh, the boxing everybody went upstairs and did the fights upstairs so it's uh, downstairs was the training area and upstairs was actually the boxing event area if you will huge cloud of smoke huh? just a huge <laughs> cloud of smoke you know and um that was before you know smoking was not really uh, smoking smoking, I guess smoking cigarettes was cool back then. <laughs> um, well, anyway, went upstairs and seen the crowd. And, you know, my first fight, and I was really nervous. I was like, oh, am I going to do good? What's going to happen? And, you know, I won. I won. I won really good. And, and even the, all the coaches and and uh, my father, everybody was so happy, you know, with my performance. And I knew then, yeah, this was for me.
2: I guess when you start out well like that, too, you kind of fall in love with winning. Yeah. And you want yeah. that to be the thing that's happening. <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, I was I was that kid that had to win anyway, even when I played like chess or checkers with my sister, or cards <laughs> with my older sisters, and they, they'll win. I would keep playing until I won. If I lose at a video game or something like that, that we had, I would play all night until I beat the whole, all the stages of the video game. <laughs> um, so I was just that kid that, really want to win and the kids at school when I played basketball or kickball or whatever it was they wanted me on the team because they knew that I was coming to win all the time it didn't matter what it was I'm trying to win <laughs>
2: you got to have that attitude to to make something happen i mean i think that's the difference between
1: the winners and the people that are just participating you know i think so i think it's learn how to win knowing how to win and a lot of people uh well some some people don't really know how to win it doesn't matter uh what sport it is. just knowing how to win i think that you have like let's say uh you know magic johnson or or you have jordan and kobe Bryant and lebron james and, and certain certain players they just know how to win you know
2: yeah. yeah. And insist on it. And insist on really. it. Really? Yeah. You know, that group that you just named, for sure. That's how they all feel about it. Exactly. Well, you... Um, in the course of a um, history-making career like yours, you really get to have a number of people who, like, come th- come up with you and who you are, who are your opponents so often. Mm. I mean, as Oscar De La Hoya comes to mind, you know, somebody mm. like that that was a fierce opponent of yours. I'm so interested in <laughs> the relationship and how that changes after you retire. I mean, do you you guys really, did you used to, like,
1: hate each other? No, no, I didn't, I didn't hate any of the fights that I fought. I really didn't. It was just, it was something like I, it was competition. I was just competitive, you know. It wasn't um, a hate type of thing with any of them. I knew they they were trying to win. I'm trying to win, but I just felt that I was a better man. I'm I'm like Superman, and you can't you can't beat me. And uh, that was just stuck in my mind. I just, I believed it.
2: But your careers become kind of meshed together, and and I would imagine that those people are some of the most important people in your career those opponents and yes. and then and that the bond that seems to develop you know when you're in the trenches like that mano y mano
1: well uh, you know like a lot of the fighters like oscar i grew up with is even when we were younger i fought him when we were younger um uh, he was east l.a i was pomona so i, I think i fought him when i was 12 13 and um i beat him then <laughs> um <laughs> Like Vernon Forrest, I fought him as amateur and then he beat me as professional as well. He beat me as amateur and professional. Uh Winky Wright, I know I, I never fought him as amateur, but all this all these fighters we grew up with in the Olympic uh, on the Olympic team and around. So we we're, we're all kinda we traveled together in different countries. You know, some some fighters I didn't fight, some fighters I did fight. Stevie Johnson. It's another fighter that I, I fought a couple times. He was world champion. Um, in the division, but we traveled uh, from Colorado Springs to, let's say, Russia or to Poland or to Ireland or to Italy or whatever. So we all got a chance to to be with each other, and and everybody from different states of the United States, they all we all came together, and we were you know we were on the same team. We we're like brothers. And who and who understands. Better than somebody who
2: is gone through the same thing as you. That's it's a real brotherhood, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean we're going through the same struggle as, as and We all know we both or everybody knows is how hard it is. It's not yeah. it's not easy. You can just walk into it and and just become you know a world champion, become one of the one of the greats. You we you know you have to really really work hard. I mean Chris Burns, another one I, I didn't name. You know he's he was he was a middleweight uh, silver medalist in 1992. And uh, he fought uh, heavyweight as a, when they turned pro, so another guy. I mean, mm-hmm. there, there's a, we all had this this brotherhood connection, and we all know what it takes to be um, that type of fighter that you know that everybody wants to see.
2: Yeah, it's a brotherhood, you know, and sometimes a sisterhood mm-hmm. too. I know <laughs> Layla Ali went
1: in oh, to yeah. the Hall of Fame with you too. Yeah, she's going into the Hall of Fame as yeah. well. Oh yeah, she's yeah she went to Hall of Fame as well. And um, yeah, she she's a uh, great fighter. She knows what it's like to be a real fighter, but she knows how to be a lady as well.
2: Oh no, she she's got the whole thing working, and, and certainly the pedigree <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> doesn't oh, yeah. hurt a bit. My yeah,
1: her father. <laughs>
2: Yeah. And she learned a great deal from him. I know yeah. that that's the truth. You know, you talked about the retirement and I mentioned, you know, that it was a couple of times. Retiring is not an easy thing to do, is it, for somebody who performs at the highest level in, in something they love?
1: Yeah, it's not, it's not the easiest thing to do because you always believe that you can, you can overcome, you can win the next fight and win the next fight. And sometimes your your mind tells you can do one thing, and you believe it, but then your your body doesn't do this, the things that your mind wants it to do. Uh, even even now, you know, before I, my injury, I could get in the ring with world champions and and do really really good with them. You know, like probably beat some of these current world champions today. Mm-hmm. But I noticed that. Um, As far as the the brain is concerned, you got to you got to watch out for your later in life. Uh, And, you know, some of these fighters you see at the the Hall of Fame, they're not speaking well. Exactly. Yeah. They're not exactly well. And um, you have to be careful for that too, the longevity of your own life.
2: You fought a, a long time yourself. Do you ever feel like maybe it was too long? I mean, do you worry about that at all? With everything we're learning now about concussions and the effects that they can have on you later,
1: I don't. I don't. I don't feel that. I. I don't feel that I went that far, um, where I was going to get concussions and stuff like that. Um, I think that took very well. Very good will in my body. A lot of a lot of fighters, you know, after fights, that will they will do a lot of. Uh, hard partying and even before the matches they're drinking beer and doing all kind of stuff that they shouldn't be doing they get in the room yeah that doesn't help and they fight and their their brain is hit against their skull and uh, messing them up for long term um they don't think about that because they believe that they're the best do you think that the the boxing commission needs to
2: change anything to try to prevent this stuff from happening? I mean, it's I don't it's kind of hard. I don't know what the boxing
1: commission can actually do um, for that for that situation. Um, they they they're trying to monitor the, when they make the way they make weight and make sure that they make weight properly and that they're actually training and stuff like that for fights the way they're supposed to. Um, but it, it's kind of hard when you, when you get somebody that's been boxing for so long and they kind of know their bodies and they say, well, I know how to get out and wait and get back up. And it's just it's hard to, to regulate that.
2: So. Yeah. That, but I would imagine that it is something that as, as a fighter, you know, you it's something you struggle with throughout your career. I mean, you look at you, re, you retired twice, right, before you really retired or was it
1: yeah, once I've or retired twice? Maybe, yeah, what, maybe.
2: What twice. made you retire the first time?
1: Well, the first time I retired, I had a well. I think after I fought Manny Pacquiao, maybe I I popped my Achilles, and I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to box again. So, he, and then I the kid is healed okay, and then I was I was in the gym. I was working. I was doing really really good with the uh, different fighters and different people, like world class fighters. So I'm like, box oh, the fight. You know, I can still do it. I'm sure so, you missed it, too. And I missed it, too. But it wasn't It wasn't because I had any head trauma or anything like that. It was just because I felt that I couldn't move like I used to. And maybe that might hinder me. Maybe I might get hit more. I don't know. But it didn't turn out that way, so I just continued to fight. I seen Bernard Hop because he was doing it until he was 50, 51 years old. And, um, you know, I see him working out, and I know that— I felt that you know my technique and and my speed and power and stuff can is better than any of those guys out there and I, and now we're getting the ring with these guys and work with them just just to make sure it's in and it was
2: yeah, yeah. so so um uh, who who do you like that you see out there fighting now
1: well I mean I, I like I like the both the fight that's going to happen against uh, Canelo Alvarez and Triple G that's going to be a good fight and I also like. Um, I like Earl Spence. I think that he's is a little bit... Probably too big for... Uh, is it Mikey Garcia? Mike Garcia is a really good fighter as well. Um, I like Lomachenko. I like, uh, I, did, I like... I like a lot of fighters. I mean, Sean Porter is a really good fighter. A friend of mine an, and a good fighter as well. It's going to be a great fight with him and Danny Garcia. Mhm. Uh, you know, so... Uh, I don't know the list goes on. Deontay Wilder, he's doing really good in the heavyweight division, and that's going to be a good fight with him and, and the other heavyweight that's over in England. That's going to be a really good fight. And, and you live in you live in Vegas, right? I, I live in Vegas. I live so in I live in Vegas a little bit, but I live both way. I live out here as well. So you're Atlanta still Atlanta a well. Southern California yeah, boy. Yeah, I'm I still well. So <laughs> I, never, I'm, both, I'm both places.
2: <laughs> never get that out of your system. <laughs> but do you go to the fights often in, in, in Vegas? When I'm in Vegas, I will go.
1: I will go to the fights and I will, you know, uh, check them out and support, uh, you know, the fighters and and all my, my friends and stuff like that. And they... It's pretty much it's pretty much a no-brainer. I can get in. You know, I, I walk, walk in. <laughs> that's, all the, that's always I, everybody cool. Everybody knows who <laughs> I am. And they're like, oh, yeah, come on in, It's Mosley. You know, you can come in. So it's we know
2: with, with you, and I think one of the interesting things about you is um, not only does everybody know who you are, hmm. but you are somebody who, you know, you made a living beating people up. <laughs> but you are one of the most likable figures, not only in boxing, but I think in sports in general. Everybody okay. likes you what is that how do, how does that make you feel are you aware of that right that you very likable I,
1: mean, <laughs> I mean i would say mostly everybody would probably like me like the my personality i just try to be
2: even I'm, some of the people you knocked out like you
1: yeah that's true <laughs> <laughs> i mean i'm not i'm not meaning but it was it was nothing personal you know it was just um like i said it's competitive, it's a winning spirit i want to i want to win i want to be the best
2: i I think part of it too is just your your basic attitude about about life and success and and i know that you got um five tips for success and i would love for you to talk about them and and how they have worked in your life
1: oh boy well i mean the tips that i would say is that believe in yourself you know believe in yourself believe what you can do um
2: and I guess and it helps to have somebody, have people around you that believe in you too. Like having your dad right there pushing you and and does. believing you helps.
1: That it, it, it does help, but sometimes you don't have anybody around. You have to really depend on yourself to to believe because you have, although you're your father, then you have another person over here that really doesn't believe in you and will say things to you that, um, you know, because they can't do it. They put that energy or whatever on you. Yeah, (laughs) it's hated, but they put the energy on you because they don't believe they can do it. Maybe they're not even really haters. They just don't believe because they Mm -hmm. just don't believe. And you can't have that type of energy around you You, if you're trying to uh, accomplish something that's really, really high. So I, you know, definitely you know believe believe in yourself and believe in what you can do. You know, just and be humble and and. um, I never felt, I guess, I do, well, I don't know how to explain that, but I do feel that I can achieve and I'm better, but I don't feel like I'm, I feel that everybody has the same, uh, the same chance or the same, that the same ability to do things you can do, they just have to believe. And that that's, I come back to that, you know, it's, it's all about believing in yourself and what you can do, whatever it is, it doesn't matter yeah i think yeah. that's really important
2: <laughs> win and defeat your biggest opponent in life you and we do get in our own ways don't we
1: yeah and then another thing is getting in your own way never and i remember uh i guess i'm well, a couple of my amateur fights that i didn't do as well as i thought i should have done and it felt that it's because i wasn't believing it as hard as i should have and and i got in my way and I would just throw a jab or one, two of right my hand, move all the way, just doing it just enough, instead of giving it all, just a hundred percent. And um, a lot of times, we get in our way, not just from that, and from from life, life experiences. There's always some kind of life challenge that, that gets in your way um, from whatever you're trying to to achieve or accomplish, and you fall. And a lot of I've seen a lot of people fall short. From from their destiny and getting into what they, whatever they want to get into because life, whatever it may be, got in their way, and then they just say, "Oh, I can't do it. I can't do it." And they just give up and and let let it happen, whatever and go a different direction so yeah you don't
2: you don't fall you don't drown when you fall in the water you drown when you don't get up you drown when you don't swim Yeah. <laughs> <You> don't swim. <laughs> there's that too yeah. <laughs> I know it, it's been an incredible career with so many highlights you know 61 fights 49 wins only 10 losses that's yeah. that's crazy when you think about it but what did yeah. what those losses what does it feel like to lose
1: well it feels very it, it's you feel really bad and down because you didn't succeed and a lot of of the losses that i had were probably toward the end of my career um and that's probably you know i had different injuries achilles a pulled a pulled groin and things were happening and that's probably one of the reasons why i was like you know what maybe i should retire and then i and then they healed up and then i was doing good again and I was like, no, no, I'm not ready to retire. I can still fight. You know, I still can. I still can do it. Things, the losses are. They, they can teach you how to become better. I mean, I've lost when I lost to Vernon Forrest for the first time. Um, I was. I said to myself, I did something wrong. Something I have to improve from whatever I did. It was something I did wrong. I know what I did. I know what was wrong. I wasn't focused. I was mentally. I wasn't there, and that's why. I lost, but, you know, and then I went back and fought again, and I did a whole lot better. I think George Foreman said, I thought you won the the second fight, but they still gave to the, the opponent. <laughs> but, you know, it, it is what it is.
2: How, how did you deal with that personally, like losing? You know, like I had a, a friend who um, played in the NFL, and... You know, and his wife and I were really good friends, and she talked about not only the healing thing, how, like, yeah. all week, you know, yeah. they're working on healing up the injuries from the Sunday's game, um, but just the, the, the way you feel how how does it make you feel and feel when you lose I mean I think we all lose in life enough to experience that feeling but getting yourself out of it I think is really important was that a process for you that you can recall things that you would do to help yourself
1: move on from that I've always and that's why I like one on one competition because I always felt that it was not what the person did to win it's what I didn't do to prevent him from winning so what didn't i do what happened what, what was my problem not not what he did what what did not do uh to prevent that win or knockout, out whatever it was and i just keep going i go over that and i research that and 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 go with them myself so it's not really what he did it's really what i didn't do
2: Exactly. And I that guess that, that way you mm-hmm. take the power back because then it becomes something you can do something about. I can do something about. it. Yeah. And that and makes a lot of up. sense. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I know mm-hmm. you've you've had a lot of incredible high points in your career. One of the low points, 2002, the Balco scandal. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember when that happened. I remember the way you handled it. I just thought was really grown up <laughs> and mature. You know what I mean? Yeah. But when you look back on on that whole thing are you you pretty happy with with how things turned out and with with how you
1: dealt with it? Well, I'm I'm happy by the way I dealt with it and you know how my team came together and and uh, you know, and kind of smoothed things out, but it was uh I just didn't I wasn't happy by it going down because I know mm-hmm. that at the time when it happened, I really wasn't even Thinking about going to that place or going over there, and then it was like, no, no, go. You know, this is a great guy, and and it was kind of coerced into going over there. And I'm like, I don't, I don't really want to. And then all of a sudden, this comes out, happens, and you know, he's some big, you know, <laughs> some big guy that that sells all steroid guy that sells everybody, and I, I just. It, 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 you know things were just if it wasn't it wasn't good at all, I felt really horrible about the whole thing.
2: yeah and I, and I think it's it's something mm-hmm. that permeates sports i mean we've we've seen it all over, and to me, I kind of always watch how people deal with it. you can tell who's grown, you yeah. know who's mature, and yeah. uh um it's it's a thing but it's it's a thing that has really just affected kind of everybody in sports now um in the couple minutes that we have left i know you being a southern california boy let's talk a little bit about who you like in basketball Uh, you got to be a laker fan you're a laker fan i've
1: always been a laker fan yeah from from day one yeah
2: (laughs) i mean and you don't have to really be from la to be a laker fan that's obviously been proven but uh any thoughts about what's going on
1: with the the new look lakers well, I like to. LeBron came down and and, and he's uh, joined the Lakers. Now, it's do you Le- know him? Do you know LeBron? I don't. I think I might have seen him a couple of times. I have not really met him yet. or mm-hmm. talked with him, uh-huh. but uh, but he's doing a lot of great things in the community. He's a great guy. And I'm happy that he uh, chose to come to you know the Lakers and, and represent the L.A. Lakers.
2: It's pretty amazing when you think about the weight that he carries with him, that he can everywhere he goes, that people want to go there and play with him, and and all of that. You know, that's. Uh, but but he he is. I don't see how you can find real fault in LeBron James. Uh, I, people you seem can, to try yeah. though, don't they? They
1: they try. <laughs> they they try to they try to find fault though. They have to find some kind of dirt somewhere. But um, he's he's just a great guy, you know, he's a great human being, and and uh, I think he's going to do L.A. very proud, you know?
2: Yeah, hey, look, if he plays like he played last year, if he balls out like that, I'll tell mm-hmm. you what, it's exciting, and we don't care if he never retires, if that's going to be happening. Though we know, as Charles Barkley says, father time is undefeated.
1: But father time is undefeated. Definitely, For real. <laughs> definitely undefeated.
2: <laughs> and what are you going to do with the rest of your life? Oh, you got uh, a great family. I know you love your family. That you get a chance to actually spend some time with them now, yeah, don't you? I'm gonna spend some time
1: <laughs> with my, my queen and my kids and and everybody. And um, we're you know remodeling houses and we have different things going on in our lives. So it's uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun relaxing. Well, I tell you
2: what, uh, congratulations on an honor well deserved. Uh, Congratulations on being just a really cool guy, man. You mm -hmm. know, somebody who not only was good at what they did, but just as good at being a good person. Thank you. Like that about you. Thank you. Sugar Shane Mosley, Hall of Famer. We can say that now (laughs) in perpetuity. (laughs) This lady loves sports, and so does this guy, Sugar Shane.
1: (laughs) Thank you.